Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hello, Ellen. Ellen? I am magnificent. Oh. Wow. That's a SAT word, sort of. Um, so today we are going to be talking about The Countess by Lindsay Sands, and later we are going to talk about that news of a Bridgerton series on Netflix that came out. But first, Mom, what have you been reading? Ellen, I've been reading quite a bit. Well, after our last book, um, Wanderlust, I was kind of at a loss as to where to go next. I wasn't sure what I wanted to read. And we had a listener who had recommended a series for me. Because I like the mystery series and I like, um, I mean, I mm-hmm. like romance, but I like the period mysteries. And um, so one of our listeners, was it Jennifer? Jennifer. Jennifer. Yes. Thank you, Jennifer. She recommended the Julia Gray, the Lady Julia Gray mystery series. So I started in on that. And Who's I that read. Bye, Mom? Huh? Who's it by? It is by, uh, these are tiny letters, Deanna Rayburn. Okay. Yes, I said it right. Um, I read Silent in the Grave. That's the first one. Silent in the Sanctuary. That's the second one. Silent on the Moor. That's the third one. Mm-hmm. That's when they get down to it. And Yeah, so it's a slow burn, and it's not... It takes- there's not romance a lot of is time. not like the prevalent genre right. here. Is that what? Okay, right. Um, and then I read Midsummer Night, and then I read Dark Road to Darjeeling, and I was in the next book, but I had to stop it because I had to stop to read our book, The Countess. So that's what I've been reading wow. this past couple weeks. So deep in the in the throes of this mystery series. Yes, and um, I had a road trip in there, so I did some audible books while I was... Yes, you did. Traveling. Mom came and visited me last week. I did. And we went and saw Phantom of the Opera together. Yes, we did. <laughs> so um, so that was what we did last weekend. Uh, I, on the other hand, have not read a lot. I have only read one other book um, this this past couple weeks um, and that was The Downside of Love by Megan Quinn it's the part two of a duet uh, the first book was The Upside of Falling um, I really liked The Upside of Falling and but the ending is uh, mean <laughs> it, <laughs> I don't want to say too much about this but I will say, if somebody else has read it, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. Um, I personally really did not like the second book. I kind of, I told the mom about it, and I was like, I'm kind of hate reading this book right now. Um, (laughs) It, I can respect what she was trying to do with this series, but personally, I, I just did not like where it went. And um, by the end of the second book, I just really didn't like either of the people. So um, it was, uh, but it was an interesting reading experience. I will say that. But if you've read, if you've read that, I would be interested to know um, what the rest of y'all think. Um, so that's that's all I've read, Mom. 
Well, you've been a slug. Well, I've been binge watching RuPaul's Drag Race, so that's, you know. Priorities, priorities, priorities. Yeah, yeah. And then you were here. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I got plenty of reading done while yeah, I was there. Yeah, you did. I was watching stuff while you were here instead. You were watching stuff. Um, so today, as we've mentioned, we're going to be talking about The Countess by Lindsay Sands. It is the first book in her complete mom, Madison Sisters series. Um, the book was suggested to us on Facebook by Tasha, so thanks, Tasha. Um, I was drawn to it when Tasha recommended it to us because the plot is crazy bananas, and I I was interested. Um, it sounded like the romance equivalent of Weekend at Bernie's. Um, and if that does not sound amazing to you, then what are you doing listening to this podcast, frankly? <laughs> Just kidding. We accept all people, whether they're Weekend at Bernie's fans or not. Um, so mom was visiting me last weekend and she too got caught up in my latest weird Netflix binge, Forensic Files. Stay <laughs> with me. Uh, this is related. You're going um, somewhere with this. If, if you don't know Forensic Files... It's, like, a pretty cheesy true crime reenactment where they talk about how forensic files helped solve, forensic science, like, helped solve these cases. Um, if you like true crime stuff, they're quick little nuggets. It's pretty good. There's, like, 400 episodes of it on Netflix. Um, so when I sat down to write the description for this book, there was no other way I could do it than as a Forensic Files intro. So, and, Well, wait a minute. Before you start, we have to say, if you're thinking of committing murder, absolutely do not because you will get caught. You will get caught. Forensic Even science Even if it's not now, will science will catch up, catch up with you and you, you're, yeah. you're going to learned... leave some kind of DNA somewhere that they're going to be able to find you and you will go to jail. We've learned a lot about what to do and not to do in a murder First yeah. of all, what's with all these people taking out huge life insurance policies and thinking that, like, that's not going to look suspicious, like, yeah. that they're taking out this huge life insurance policy a week that's before they kill flag. their wife? Seriously. Also, um, it kind what's of it? makes you really distrustful of men because there's a yes. lot of guys out there killing a lot of chicks and doing awful things to them before yeah. they do it. And if you so. do kill someone, don't bite them. Don't bite them because you they will figure it out. There's forensic odontology, which can yes. figure that out. There's forensic everything. Yeah. There's f forensic plumbing. There's yeah. for forensic everything. Yes. So you will not get away with it. Yes. Um, so there's some murder and intrigue in this book. So that's how I decided to do the description for this book. So bear with me as I do my uh, forensic files impression, which will be awful. Mid-morning, Regency England. A countess, Christiana, enters her husband's study to find him dead from seemingly natural causes. When she realizes this, when she realizes this will bring scandal on her marriage-minded sisters, they begin a plot to keep him on ice while they find potential suitors. Imagine the sister's surprise when the Earl shows up at the ball very much alive. A previous attempt at fatricide, an emotionally abusive marriage, and a nefarious plot at a gaming hall all left this crew stumped. But with the help of absolutely no forensic science, Christiana may find some joy in the seeming resurrection of her husband. Madcap hilarity or just plain murder? Dun 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 dun. 
So <laughs> that's uh, the plot as told by Forensic Files. Um, they always have to point out how forensic science helped solve the case. And it didn't in this case. But It didn't because they didn't have um, any of that. So, Mom, what did you think of The Countess? Well, I don't know if it's because of where I was, because I'd just been reading that whole, you know, a whole bunch of these dark mystery novels, which I enjoyed immensely, or I wouldn't have kept reading them. I really did like them. But I went from reading all of those mystery novels, which some of them are pretty dark in how they, you know, in how they're the killer, how Mm -hmm. someone gets killed and the stuff going on there. The, um, the... (laughs) That when I went to read this, it was just a delight. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> it was just a breath of fresh air. It was, it never took itself too seriously. It was just fun and silly. It was um, entertaining to read. I really enjoyed it. And yeah. um, it was just, you know, a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I agree. I also thought it was a lot of fun. Is it like the best book I've ever read? Probably not, but I thought it was a lot of fun and it felt, um, it felt different than a lot of other historical romances. I think because, you know, a lot of the focus is on the kind of dastardly plotting that's going on in this book. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun and it, didn't take itself too seriously, I don't think. Um, and so I just thought it was a lot of fun. I think that um, maybe just so we can outline a couple more plot details because my um, amazing description didn't really do that good of a job of doing that. Um, basically, you have this uh, countess, as as the ti- as the title would indicate, Christiana. Um, she is married to this guy who, when they first met, she thought he was great and he seemed to have undying love for her. They get married. He becomes a completely different person. He's a jerk. He's emotionally abusive. He's, you know, mentally abusive. He's doing all this kind of, these awful things to her. Um, and, uh, she goes in one morning and he is dead. And, uh, because her sisters are in need of some money to help save their family, uh, her sisters have come up with this plan to get the second sister married and um, so that they can kind of get money and to help save their family. Um, so they need to not be in mourning. So they pretend that the her husband, their plan is to keep him on ice and pretend that he's a, just sick. For a few days. Yeah, while they They're kind of go to these then- balls and... Try and and find her sister plans on finding a husband right away and just finding some guy who needs money. Because yeah. they've got dowries that they can tap into if they're marrying. Yes. But other than that, they don't have any money. Yeah. And so they go to this ball and lo and behold, her husband seemingly walks into the room. Turns out her husband, whose actual name is George, uh previously tried to kill his brother who was the rightful heir Richard. So his George Yeah, his twin brother. So George has been pretending to be Richard ever since he did this. He's kind of just taken up Richard's life and Richard he thought Richard was dead, but he was in fact in America. Um and so 
Richard has come back to reclaim his name and his birthright, etc., and to, you know, get mad at his brother. But his brother is dead, and so there's, like, kind of all these madcap things that happen, you know, in trying, trying to, to move, move the, the body. body and... <laughs> <laughs> and for a while, Christiana thinks that, you know, this is her husband, that he's alive. Um, except and... he's being super nice to her. Yeah, except he's being super nice to her, and that's confusing. It's like, okay, what's happening now? And we should point out that they had never consummated their marriage. She didn't know that because she didn't know anything about sex. It's hilarious when she's like, well, he came in and, like, writhed around on me for a little bit, and I thought <laughs> that, that was it. it. <laughs> and, and their friend uh, Robert is like, uh, was he under the covers with you, or... <laughs> Did he take his pants off? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think was going on there? Just that he was impotent, the... It, George. From the things they talked about, it, it sounded like he was impotent. Yeah. Anyway, so kind of back to to the book. Um, so we've talked previously about, you know, kind of the the schedule that a lot of these books keep to of building up to sex. Um, there ain't no building up to sex in this book, right? No. But, <laughs> I mean... As soon as he saw her, he he liked her, and um, well, sort of. He thought he was like, oh, she's kind of not that attractive, and then, but she improved of on course. closer. Well, that's the same. These always go through the. Oh, she's yeah. not that pretty. Wait, she's okay. Oh my oh. gosh, she's gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I must see her naked. <laughs> I must see her naked now. Um, so they do consummate that marriage. I'm finger quoting. Because uh, mm-hmm. they weren't really married to each other. Yeah. Well, tech, like, they were and they won't, weren't, right? It's like, technically She was married to him by name. name. Yeah. But he's not the guy that was there when she got married. <laughs> yeah. So it's this whole complicated. It's a crazy. But, yeah. um, but it was just fun and whimsical and silly. Yeah. I really liked, um, so you've got these three sisters and they're, like, the most perfect sisters for a romance series. You've got the kind of, like, older, more responsible one. You've got the more, you know, hard-nosed, stubborn, vivacious middle child. Stubborn, the one that speaks her mind all the time. Yeah, and then you've got the, like, young, romantic, naive, youngest sister. Um, We're not going to disparage and- middle sisters here. <laughs> uh, I think they're the worst. No, I'm not <laughs> no they're the best. Anyway, if you leave this book with any um, curiosity, like, oh, I wonder who ever who everybody's going to end up with, then <laughs> you're not reading close enough because it's very obvious. Um, but I loved, I loved the all the interactions between the sisters and between all of the men. And then, you know, all the different pairings that are very obvious. Yes. Um, I liked all the men in the book. Obviously, you know who's going to wind up with who. My only question to you was, the timing didn't make a lot of sense to me. Because, um, I mean, the second sister's practically married at the end of the book. And I thought, well, how are they going to make a whole other book? But as you pointed out, you think that it's, they're simultaneous. Yeah, well... One of my questions is related to that, okay. so we'll, we'll hold off Never on mind. that for I'll a second. <laughs> yeah, stop it. 
Um, I loved, like, all of the teasing between all the different pairings. You know, like, everybody's kind of giving each other a hard time. Like, well, I heard you guys, yeah. you know. <laughs> heard that tail banging they te- against the wall. <laughs> yeah. I loved how much they teased them about how loud they were. I thought that was funny. Because that just felt like, you know, a group of friends would do. It's like, well, and sisters totally would. Yeah, exactly. And um, so I thought that was funny. Um, anyway, and I also really liked both of them, Christiana and Richard. I liked that... Um, I liked that anytime she was kind of unsure of him, he really proved himself, even with just, like, really small things. Because, you know, she's got a lot of hang-ups from her marriage with his brother. And kind of, you know, she's very distrustful of... Um, you know, he seems great now, but so did his brother. So how do I know? Um, but, you know, just lots of little things that he kind of gives her throughout. And I thought that that was sweet. I like that too. Anyway. Um, so my questions. Are you ready yes, for this? I'm ready for questions. Okay. I found it very interesting to have the main villain be dead for pretty much the entirety of this book. Um, what did you think about that? I thought it's different than anything we've ever read before. I thought it was, um, created an air of fun and, um, I thought that it took like the mustache twirly villain out of there. No one was trying to kill them. No one. Well, someone was trying to well, kill them. Well, <laughs> there was. I was going to say, there's still a lot of mustache twirly and in this book. Honestly, but. I think that a lot of that is going to be cleared up in the subsequent books. Yes. Because there was stuff that well, never got really yeah, we'll, answered. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about that in a second. Okay. Um, but I thought, I liked that he was still very much an active villain, right? Because right. they both still had a lot to work through in overcoming what he did to them. Um, you know, he's kind of dealing with how to navigate, okay, I've all of a sudden got this wife. I don't want to just, you know, create this huge scandal for her. So I found it interesting that, you know, he's dealing with all of that. She's dealing with, um, you know, trying to build trust between this guy who shows up and, Looks very similar to her husband, but is not her husband, but, um, and is very different in a good way, but kind of trying to build that, that trust in this new relationship and navigating, you know, the, uh, pleasures of a good marriage as well. Well, and she's never had it before. And so now she's like, well, she's, they're making it for last time. Let me tell you. Is this what marriage is like? (laughs) And, um. Also, just the whole thing with, you know, her father dealing with, you know, his gambling debts and all of that coming back around Mm -hmm. to her first or her husband that's dead. Um, Yeah, it it made for a fun, intricate, interesting story. Yeah. Um, I saw a reviewer comment on this one and say that everything felt very convenient. Richard shows up the night of his brother dies. There's a pastor there to marry them, etc., Um, But for me, it almost felt um, kind of Shakespearean, like like a Shakespeare comedy where it's just like there's all this eavesdropping, there's these like hijinks from trying to move the body and all of that. Um, You've kind of touched on this, but like what did you think 
about that. I thought, well, <laughs> in real life, no, it would never have happened like that. None of these things yeah. would have happened the way they did. But it's just yeah. a fun, silly romance. I mean, it was just a fun story. It was just, like you said, a comedy yeah. of errors and, um, yeah, very much like a Shakespearean comedy. Just yeah. crazy stuff happened. That's just, like, what I kept going back to is just that it all felt very, like, much about nothing, right? Where, um, you know, you're kind of overhearing these conversations and there's all these mistaken identities and, I don't know, it just yeah. it felt very much like that to me. Um, I would say that the romance here takes a back seat to all of the murder and intrigue in this one. Would you agree? Yes, but it doesn't mean that there wasn't romance. Yeah. I mean, very romantic between her and, and him trying to, like you've talked about, trying to, you know, are we going to do this marriage? Are we going to make it work? Is it yeah. going to, you know, work out okay? And, yeah. you know, by the end it's, I love you, I love you too. <laughs> it's definitely still there, but, like, it's definitely not the main conflict of the story, right? Definitely. It's, because uh, it all comes pretty easily to them, the the feelings, right? There's right. not a lot of interpersonal conflict between them. Um, I did like them exploring, you know, how I've mentioned she needed to realize that he's not his brother. And um, just them building that together. But definitely, like, the main plot and conflict here is in the mystery of the book. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Mom and I, I'm just going to be honest. Mom and I are both experiencing some very loud dogs right now. And so if there's weird, like, pauses, it's us trying to wait for our dogs to stop being yes. loud and annoying. Yes. Very loud and very annoying. <laughs> anyway. Love them. Um, okay. I wasn't particularly bothered by this, personally. But I did think that their first night together was somewhat problematic. Because she was drunk. Because she was drunk. Because she thought he was someone else. Um, because he thought she wasn't a virgin, but she was. Uh, what What did you think? Um, it didn't bother me too much, and I'm the one who usually gets bothered by that kind of stuff. I think yeah. just because I mean, it was all so lighthearted and silly that I... Yeah, and, like, the whole thing with her trying... Because she's, she's trying to figure out if, if he's got she's a birthmark. been told that Richard has a birthmark shaped like a strawberry on his, on his behind. And so she's trying to get a look at his butt. And in the course of this... Uh, you know, boink, boinking <laughs> ensues. Um, so, and I think, you know, she was, she was at least lucid enough. It's not like she was stumbling. And she wasn't drunk. like blackout drunk. She was, yeah. I mean, she was aware enough to be trying to get his clothes off of him. <laughs> um, um, I listened to most of that part on, on, on the audio book and it was, it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and you know, he felt really bad about it, especially once he realized she was a virgin. He was like, oh, I should have been nicer. <laughs> um, but, 
you know, uh, I would also have assumed that she was not because she had been married for a year year to his brother. Um, anyway, so I just thought we should address that because, um, I saw that as maybe being an issue for some people. Sorry that we didn't necessarily see it as an issue. Um, so let's talk about sex, baby. baby, some more. Um, working for you here, not working too much, too often. It was the same, I have the same complaint that I have with all these books. She was so naive about sex that she didn't even realize she hadn't had sex. And then once she did, she's like all in. I mean, literally all in. And, um, that would be my only complaint because... It just cracks me up how these sweet, innocent Yeah, that's always your complaint, though. Um, I was just surprised. Like, you know, we're at 30%, and it's like, oh, we're, we're doing this. Okay. <laughs> um, but it, I think for them, I think because, like we've said, the actual romance is kind of secondary to all of the plot that's going on here, um, that having these passionate moments together is kind of what is helping to well it also helps some of their narrative push them together because once they've had sex then there's always the question of you know she might be pregnant and so mm-hmm. that is a consideration through a lot of their mm-hmm. you know does she want to stay married to this guy you know she has an out now and does she want to stay married to him? Does she want to move forward with this? Also, just them having sex so quickly um, did add some more kind of fun because, you know, her friend Robert was going to, you know, like, we can get it annulled. You haven't had sex with him, so, like, this this is still fixable. And so then her having to go to him and be like, so, yeah, I may have, no. I may have ruined that part of it. <laughs> and that was funny. That was that pretty funny. Conversation <laughs> was funny. Um, so, yeah, I think that kind of just the sex between them um, just kind of sh- helped to quickly show her that there can be more to marriage, that things can be good between her and this new husband that she has acquired. Um quickly so that there was time for the rest of the plot. I think that was kind of what Well, and then the rest of the book, they're trying to get some alone time together, and it's and that's pretty yeah. funny, too. So they, um, I will say the almost sex on top of a corpse was a bit startling. Oh, yeah, that was. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I forgot about that when, she, when she was like, oh, I, this, uh, there was like something poking me in a weird place on my back. I was like, oh my gosh, they're on top of the dead body right now. That is so gross. And I'm trying to think why... Oh no, he did know the body was there. He just forgot. Well, he knew the body was there, but he forgot when he was like caught up in the moment. It's not like he was like actively like getting off on... And was that when she realized that they weren't the same person? Yeah, that's... She's like... She turned and she was looking at her dead husband while also looking at her dead husband because, you know, her, <laughs> her alive. alive husband. <laughs> her alive yeah. dead husband. Um, yeah. So, again, crazy hijinks. Crazy it was hijinks. it was funny, but I was like, oh, gross. But they're on top. <laughs> because also, because I've been watching so much Forensic Files, I'm calling into question 
the the decomp levels well here. the smell that's what yeah I'm i know question. because i've been watching so many of this these forensic files and they're like it smells within like a few hours and yeah. so and they had him gross. for a couple days <laughs> yeah cool. anyway um so did you guess who the murderer was because i did almost instantly i thought i was on the right track i thought it was going to be her lady's maid i thought her lady's maid yeah, um, the added blackmail threw, threw me a bit, but pretty much when, because they say, because the murderer and the person who murdered George ended up being the butler. It's always the butler. The butler kidding. did it. Um, but there's a moment in the beginning when um, real Richard encounters the butler, and the butler kind of seems a little like, oh, startled and they kind of write it off in the book like um because he like ran into him in the hallway but i was like it's because he killed him and well and then to hear him at the end explain it all and then to explain you know because he saw the body flying all over the place yeah that was funny <laughs> and then and he was like, explain- i was just sticking around to make sure that you guys got this all figured out <laughs> they've got the carpet rolled up his hands hanging out <laughs> He's like, it was very distracting to have it waving at me the whole time. <laughs> so, um, yes, when he was explaining how it all went down, it was it was pretty hilarious. Yeah, that was funny, and you, and it was funny to like think back on you know him watching all of this and probably just like, oh, oh, oh boy, oh my goodness. <laughs> He's like, it's a good thing I wasn't leaving it to these people to save themselves because <laughs> they would have done a bang up job of it. Um, okay, and then my last question is, seemingly the second book, which features Suzette and Danielle, is concurrent with this one. And in fact, I started the second book, and it it picks up, the prologue is um, Suzette and Lisa going and talking to their dad about how he's lost all of their money again. And then the first chapter is Daniel and Richard at the ball, waiting to, you know... Right. Uh, confront George, and then, you know, that's where Daniel meets Suzette. Um, so this is, I mean, we've read other series where there's, like, some moments of, you know, overlap, but this is, like, full-on concurrent. I've read, I've read a couple series where it's, like, the first book is her POV, the second book is his POV, um... But never, like, a series like this where it's just full on. Well, you can see where it's coming from in that in the when you're reading the book, they always talk about, oh, Suzette and Daniel are off alone together yeah. doing this and doing that. Well, we yeah. know it well. Huh? And um, so... Anticipating their wedding vows. Yes. <laughs> and I mean, so, and at the end of this book, they're running, they're going to run off to Gretna Green and get married. And like get married. That's, Although, okay, here's my here's my guess. The carriage that came hurtling towards them was meant for Daniel, and that's going to be the villain in Daniel and Suzette's book is whoever is trying to kill Daniel for whatever reason. I believe that could be it. I don't know. I haven't started the second book yet. Well, neither. I mean, like, but like I said, there's a lot of unanswered stuff from the first book that I think is going to get... Well, but I'm saying I don't think that the whole gaming hell, I think there's going to be something different going on right. with 
Daniel. Right. But the attempted murders um, were just kind of shrugged off. And yeah. so I figured that they would be answered later on. just the one. Well, the one where the carriage crashed. And yeah. then the one where the guy oh. tried to run him over. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the carriage crash one. Um, and then, who knows? Something else might come up that's going to be the bad guy in Robert and Lisa's, Lisa's book. I'm, I'm trying to think if Robert and Lisa's book is going to overlap at all with this one. I have to read. Because there's definitely something going on with them. But um, So... Does that, does this kind of overlap make you more or less excited to read Daniel and Suzette's book? Oh, I'm very anxious to read their book. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was an interesting device because, like I said, I've never seen that done before. Um, But it does kind of make me like, I want to know what's been going on with those two while they're off down the hall. Well, I have my ideas. <laughs> yeah. They, they hint a couple at a couple things. Um, but also, I'm just, like, excited to read more about them, because I really liked them as characters in this one, so to kind of see what's been going on with them, I think will be fun. I think so, too. So, so yeah. So, I would say this was a win for us. Thank you, Tasha. Yes. yes. Um, yeah, just a lot of fun. I don't... I... I mean, I read the description, and I was not entering this one at all. Like, this is going to be a romance that takes itself very seriously. Um, And I just thought it was kind of like a fun Scooby-Doo episode with sex in it. Um, (laughs) And no dogs. (laughs) And no dogs, right? No dogs. Um, Some horses, but... Um, so those are our thoughts on the Countess. Mom, anything else you wanted to say? No, it was delightful. I loved it. I can't wait to read the... Yeah, we're excited for... Like I said, I've already started too, so we're excited to read the rest of the series. Um, we would love to hear from you. I know some of you have been reading along with us on this one, so if you would like to go to our Facebook page, our Goodreads group, our Twitter, which is at NotYourMom'sRom, or you can email us at NotYourMom'sRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On August 6th, we will mainly be discussing The Hating Game by Sally Thorne. I'm excited. I know a lot of you are excited for that one, and I'm excited for Mom to read it. What else and are we then, going to talk about, Ellen? But we are going to give you a little two-for-one next time, because there is also a Winston Brothers book coming out, and there is just no way that we are not going to talk about that. So we will do a little mini-review of Dr. Strangebeard by Penny Reed as well. Um, I don't know if we've mentioned, but we kind of love Penny Reed here. Mm. So uh, there's just no way that we're not going to talk about that book. But we're really excited to talk about The Hating Game as well. Um, yes. I've been holding Mom off of that one for a well, while. I bought it I'm... on my Kindle a long time ago, and, and Ellen's like, no, don't read it yet. We're going to read it for the podcast. So yeah. I've been so, waiting. So we're excited. Um, and I know... There's a lot of love for that book um, out there, so we're excited to talk about that one. Uh, So for now, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll be talking about the news that just came out announcing a Bridgerton series on Netflix. So stay with us. 
welcome to our little break segment. So for today, we're going to read a couple emails that we've received um, with some recommendations, you know, both for us, but we want to get them out there in case y'all are looking for some books as well. So the first is from Jennifer, who the aforementioned Jennifer, because she recommended the series that mom has been reading. Um, So Jennifer says, hey, ladies, listener Jennifer here. Listener Jennifer previously sent us some amazing casting suggestions for roomies. So um, we appreciate her writing in multiple times to us. She says, I love that you enjoyed the True North series. I dumbed across that on Hoopla audio and was very happy when I did. You are officially ahead of me in the series since I haven't read Speakeasy. She said, I just finished the episode where you discussed the location for a series, and since you enjoyed the locations for the Winston Brothers and True North, I'll recommend Daisy Prescott's Wingmen series. I think I suggested it previously, but will gladly do so again. They leave, live on Whidbey Island off the coast of Washington. The island, the ferry, the harbor, and the outings to the city all play roles in the backdrop. The series is about five different guys, all interesting jobs, lumberjack, pizza restaurant owner, goat herder, coffee roaster, and they have beards in all caps. Um, I will say the second one was pretty hot, so start with the first, plus the series is finished so mom can get some closure. I love that this is something people know about you, mom. <laughs> I like them when they're done. Um, and we like the beardy the beardy heroes. So yeah. that is on our list, Jennifer, because uh, that does sound good. She also recommends um, mom series. She says, another series with great backdrop, no smut, and absolutely swoon-worthy hero is the Lady Julia Gray series by Deanna Rayborn. Uh, they are gothic-style mysteries, and I loved them when I read them. Ooh, Brisbane. The first book in the series is Silent in the Grave. I think it was originally supposed to be a trilogy, but got extended, and they left England and did some exotic traveling. So that's what Mom's been reading. She also recommends um, the Sever Waters series by Juliet Mariller. Uh, it's kind of, she says, full of Irish folklore, stories of the Fae, and fantastic heroes. It was my gold standard for books for a couple of years after I read it. Um, So that has also been on our list. She says that there is some trigger warnings in that one in the third book, she says. So um, if that is, if rape is a trigger for you to steer clear of that one. Um, She says she's looking forward to our thoughts on Flowers from the Storm. The book's description does not do it justice. It definitely has a bigger story than your typical romance. Christian has one of the best redemption stories I've read. I made my mom read it after I was done. I liked it that much. It's the only romance I've ever told my mom to read. Um, (laughs) I've told my mom to read a few more than that. But, um, yeah, so that is from Jennifer. Jennifer, thank you so much. I know mom is grateful for... um, I am. I've loved the Julia Gray series. Yeah. Um, Our next email is from Kristen. She says, Hi ladies, just wanted to shoot a quick email off to say I really enjoy your podcast. I have only listened to the episodes where you talk about books I've read, and I've added all the other books to my TBR so I can read and then listen to the podcast episode immediately afterwards. Aww. But anyway, I just wanted to say I really love the podcast. I'm actually not a huge fan of podcasts. Would rather audiobook it or listen to music, but I wanted something for my super short commute because all the stopping and starting of the books was getting on my nerves. So I looked for book-related podcasts, but they were all other genres or new releases, which is fine, just boring to me. So then I looked for a romance-specific and found one that was just a bit too serious. Let's talk about all the issues in the world today and dissect what's wrong with all the romance books and 
eh, not my jam. Then I stumbled on yours. I'll admit, at first I was like, I should just give up and stick to music and audiobooks. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I listened to one episode randomly, Roomies, and I was hooked. I love that A, you talk about books I actually read and want to read, and B, you talk about it in a completely non-guilty pleasure kind of way. I'm sick of feeling guilty or like I should be embarrassed because romance is my preferred genre. Also, I like that you talk about the books in a way that I feel like I would talk about them with my friends. Serious and silly. Perfect balance. Um, I want to talk for a second about this phrase of guilty pleasure. I'm I'm guilty of using that phrase as well, but <laughs> I've kind of come to... I've stopped... I've started using it less because I'm not going to feel guilty for things that give me pleasure anymore. Like, that's... I don't know. There's shows that would probably be considered guilty pleasure that I like, but I like them. So why should I feel guilty about that? So. Well, there's some things I probably should, you know, like, I don't know, if you like crack cocaine, <laughs> if that brings you pleasure, maybe you should feel guilty about that. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, but it's it's a, it's a phrase that's used for, like, oh, uh great british baking show that's my guilty pleasure it's like why that show is amazing you know you have a boring life if that's your guilty pleasure (laughs) (laughs) well but you know stuff like that or you know rupaul's drag race some people would say that's guilty pleasure but hello that show is amazing so (laughs) is it yes mom it (laughs) is hallmark movies are those hallmark movies are would also be considered a guilty pleasure but guess what i love them so no guilt required thank you very much (laughs) Um, Kristen mentioned, she recommended Miss Fisher to us. Obviously, Kristen has not read the book on which we talk about Miss Fisher. Um, but we will gladly recommend that show again because it is amazing. And I'm happy that Kristen shares that affinity with us. Um, she recommended R.S. Gray to us. She says, I think you'd like them. They can be pretty steamy, but nothing like Kristen Ashley. (laughs) (laughs) Who is famous in our family now because our family (laughs) likes to give us grief about our discussion on Kristen Ashley. She says, oh, one last thing. Penny Reed, I share your love uh, and I love that you all love her. Can we get Billy and Claire already? Can I get an amen, girl? Like, please. (laughs) We are... Uh, and I actually wrote back to Kristen. Yeah. And I said, we are like absolutely gagging for Billy and Claire, but we're also very excited. And then she says, can't wait for you guys to read the hating game. I caps love that one. Um, people love that book. So I'm really excited. I did want to read. So I wrote back to Kristen, then Kristen wrote back to me. And then she says, um, about the Kristen Ashley episode, I thought, um, I can't remember if I forwarded this one to you or not. She says, I'm listening to your Kristen Ashley episode right now. I was nervous before I started the book because I am a fangirl of hers, though her newest stuff isn't as popular slash well thought of. She's definitely acquired taste and she has a bit of a cult-like following. Kidding, kidding. From what I've gathered, gathered, though, you either hate her books or you love them. And if you love them, you really love them. If you're interested in continuing with her books, my favorite is Lady Luck. It's a marriage of convenience, but it's the third in her Colorado Mountain series. She says, I'm a purist like you guys, so you'd need to read the first two books, but I don't know if you'd like them if you didn't love the hookup. <laughs> I didn't. Here's the thing with the hookup. I, I, I liked the, the hook. Yeah, I liked the hookup. I would have had absolutely no qualms with the hookup if I was not reading it with my parents, because my dad read that chapter as well. 
Um, Chapter 11. So, yeah. Um, she says, especially because of the dislikes you guys mentioned, those things crop up a lot in her books, except for that one thing, dot, 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 if you remember. She, I'll just say... The anal, the anal stimulation, that is not common in all of her books. So uh, she says, I certainly wasn't expecting it and could have done without it. Um, anyway, so Kristen goes on to recommend a lot of other authors. She says Lucy Parker, Alicia Rye, uh, Helen Huang, Jenny Holiday, Natasha Anders, Megan Quinn, who I just read that book by, Kristen Callahan, Julie James, Lauren Lane, Victoria Dahl, Nalini Singh, Ilona Andrews, uh, Melina Harlow, Stacey Hart, who does Jane Austen retellings. I think we've been recommended Stacey Hart before. Um, I've read a lot of those, but also not a lot of them, and they are all on my TBR list. Every time I think I know, like, a lot about the genre, then you guys send me recommendations. I'm like, I've never even heard of this person. Um, (laughs) So... Y'all are just slaying it with the recommendations, so keep them coming, and we will add them to our list. For it sure. happens to be a genre where there's a lot of to choose from. Yeah, there's a lot of variation. A lot of authors out there. Anyway, Kristen, thank you for the back and forth that we had going on the email, um, and yeah, just keep them coming. We we love. I forwarded all of these to mom, and we love to get to get them. Yeah, we do. Um, Anyway, so that is it for this mail time segment. Keep them coming. We'll keep reading them. Thanks so much. Bye. Welcome back. So Romance Twitter lost its mind on Friday because it was announced (laughs) that as part of her multi-year nine-figure deal with Netflix, Shonda Rhyme, creator of shows like Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, and How to Get Away with Murder, will be producing a drama series based on the Bridgerton series by Julia Quinn. So, um... Which we love. Which we love. Mom Mom and I were actually on the phone, and we were at the tail end of our conversation, so I was already scrolling through social media, getting bored with her. Ellen had a stroke or something. (laughs) She lost her mind. I literally was like, "Ah!" Mom, (laughs) mom, mom! Yeah, I was like, mom, mom, mom. And, like, there was screaming ensued. My brother had to, like, scream down the hallway to make sure, like, mom was okay. Um, so we're very excited by this news. Um, the, here's, but let's, let's talk about this for a second. Um, the official, one of the official things, so Variety wrote an article about Shonda Rhimes' lineup of shows and this was their description of the Bridgerton series. They say, based on Julia Quinn's best-selling no- series of novels, this smart feminist take on Regency England romance unveils the glittering, wealthy, sexual, painful, funny, and sometimes lonely lives of the women and men in London's high-society marriage mart as told through the eyes of the powerful Bridgerton family. Scandal veteran Chris Van Dusen uh, will adapt and showrun the series. Um... So, we also got, because I tweeted about this, because just about how freaking excited we were, um, and a lot of you seem to be also excited. We did get a couple um, replies to this. Uh, Atnar Melissa says, I can't say I'm excited because I've never watched past season two of any Shauna TV shows, but I'll definitely give it a try. Um, Tina at Enchanted Liaison said, I hope they don't mess this up. How excited are you two? <laughs> um, answer very. 
Uh, and then Marie at Legally, uh, ha- H-E-A, Happily Ever After, uh, she says, what the what? Julia Quinn's Bridgerton's as a show in here for this, but really mightily curious about execution. These books have uh, H-E-A's, Happily Ever After's, and I love Shonda, but she loves to toy with us. Um, well, that's kind of the comment I made, is that um, the Bridgerton series definitely has a sweetness to it. Yeah. That you don't see in her shows ever. Yeah. And as I said to Marie on Twitter, um, I would never describe the Bridgertons as soapy, but I would describe every Shonda show that way. Um, Well, I hope she doesn't have, you know, like um, people cheating on their their spouses and that kind of stuff. I don't want any of that in the Bridgertons. Well, and it will be really interesting because it's not like it's just a straight, you know, adaptation miniseries, which when I first saw the headline, I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to do a miniseries. This will be amazing. Um, But it's going to be like a full drama series. Um... I'm interested as to, like, what the structure will be like, whether or not it's just going to be kind of weaving I, back and forth. Because it can't really be book by book by book by book. It's probably just going to be the family as characters. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, is it going to be, like, a dynasty-type show? With- well... I'm trying to think what kind of themes would run throughout, and I guess like Penelope, as oh my gosh, I'm so excited! To I know see Penelope, Penelope. <laughs> but you know her being the um, the writer, the uh, column, yeah, uh huh, and her column that she's writing throughout, um, uh-huh. and that little tidbit of mystery um, yeah. that could play throughout it. I just. I don't want them to put all their dark, you know, like feel that they need to put dark stuff in there because the Bridgertons are just a sweet family. I know. Um, I will say, so there was this um, quote from Shonda Rhimes that was included in the article. And um, she says, everybody thinks that there's a Shondaland show in quotes. Uh, no, there's a Shondaland show that we made for ABC. Now I can't wait to show everybody what a Shondaland show is that we make for the world. So I think with her deal with Netflix, she's kind of trying to step out of what people expect from her. I think that she did really well with ABC with Grey's Anatomy, and they were like, okay, we want the next Grey's Anatomy. We want the next Scandal. We want the next How to Get Away with Murder. And they were all very similar, and they expected this very... This thing, I mean, that's that's the draw for a lot of Hollywood types with Netflix, is Netflix is very free and loose with, we want you to do what you want to do. Whereas networks, you know, the current network status is we want things that have a proven track record of working, and that's what we want from you. And so I think that's why she signed with Netflix, is because she wants to kind of step out of what people are expecting from her. So I'm oh, hoping... I'm hoping that that translates into we get the Bridgertons that we love. I'm really excited, like, I'm really excited that Netflix is doing this because there's, like, certain prestige with Netflix, so that means that they could probably get a better cast than, you know, we might be used to with other romance adaptations. 
Um, and there's, there'll be some budget behind this. So, you know, I think that's why I think a lot of people who add, do adaptations of romance kind of steer clear of historicals because they're expensive because <laughs> you've got to yeah. get costuming and all of that stuff. And, um, and sets. So I really, I, I'm like, I'm hopefully optimistic. I also share some of your, uh, trepidations, all of you out there who have expressed them. Um, but I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just excited to like, as long as they can get Colin and Penelope and maybe like Michael and Francesca, I'm really excited if they can do that one well as well. Um, oh, there's so many. <laughs> and they're all very different. That's the funny thing about the stories is they're all, yeah. um, I can't even remember everybody's name. Obviously if I, I wrote down, so I made sure I remembered everybody's name, but, um, obviously with the format of it being a series, they're going to fudge some of the timeline, obviously. Um, but I don't know. It'll be interesting and if nothing else, it's going to get people to pay attention to the Bridgertons and maybe bring new readers to the Bridgerton series and therefore romance. And maybe we'll get some more respect for the genre. So I'm excited about that. Um, yeah. I agree. Um, I worry because... It's not just us, but there are people who love this series. And if yeah. they um, doink around with it too much, it's people are going to be mad about my, it. My main concern is that they're just going to use, like, the Bridgerton name and, like, the concept of these, you know, how many of them are there? Eight. Um, eight siblings. Eight siblings, they're just going to kind of use that as a conceit and not really keep to any sort of... Not the storylines in the books at all. Yeah. That's my... That will be, like, my worst case scenario, and it's very plausible that that is, is what happens. Um, I don't know. We'll just have to see. We'll have to see. Um... If you guys have casting suggestions, I would love to see those. I need to go back and look at the books again before I can make I've seen, so there's like, um, there's a thread going on on old school romance right now. A lot of people want Aiden Turner. Shocker. I love Aiden Turner. <laughs> as long as he takes his shirt off. Speaking of Poldark series, he was taking his shirt off every week. <laughs> Thank um, you, Aiden Turner. There's a lot of good options out there. And and because they're so varied in age, um, you can get, like, a lot of good options in there. Well, um, and that's the other thing, is the books span quite a few years. Yeah, because Gregory I mean, is, like, you know, a little kid when the first one starts. A little kid when starts. they start. Yeah. Gregory and Hyacinth. Um, yeah, so we're... Excited with some shared trepidations that y'all have, but I'm just like I just never thought this would happen. So I'm just like <laughs> amazed. Just the fact that they're picking up a romance series, just yeah, yes. and that it's Netflix, y'all. I mean, like I'm just I'm so excited that there's going to be like so much budget and you know clout attached to this, and just I yeah. think 
having her name on it is also just going to help make it better. So, um, I'm excited. I hope it, I hope it goes well. And, um, yeah, so we'll just have to see, I guess. Any other thoughts, mom, on that? No, just that I'm very excited. And even if she doesn't stick to the books, if you can kind of step outside of, um, you know, it being the Bridgertons, just having a romance series, a Regency romance series on Netflix could be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's Um, true. I mean, because, like, if we knew nothing about the Bridgertons, just Netflix announcing that they were doing a Regency romance series would be amazing. So, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that, that in, I mean, so even if they don't stick to the, it's like, um, like Taco Bell, you can't think of Taco Bell as Mexican food, but Taco Bell's still really good. <laughs> well, we think so. Not everybody shares so. our We opinion. really love Taco Bell. There's a lot but, of nostalgia um, tied up in Taco Bell. But, like, us. if you said, let's go get Mexican food, I wouldn't think, oh, let's go to Taco Bell, because that's not what I Mexican think of as Mexican food. food. Yeah. But, um, so it's that kind of thing where you kind of have to step outside of it, possibly, and say, hey, it's a Regency romance series. So you just have to step outside yourself and say, hey, it's a Regency romance series, and just appreciate the fact that it's a Regency romance yeah. series. So we might need to quell our Bridgerton excitement, but still. I'll be interested to see, like, I mean, so Julia Quinn has just kind of come out and said, like, Bridgertons are coming to Netflix, and that's, like, all she said about it. Right. Um, I'll be interested to see, like, when she starts to get to weigh in on scripts and what yeah and what the process and like what lines. her involvement is going to be and things like that um ugh, i i'm excited i'm excited. excited too um okay thanks again so much for joining us again if you would like to join us for the hating game by sally thorne and cole you know slash Doctor Strange <laughs> by Penny, whatever. <laughs> Doctor Strange here by Penny Reed. In two weeks, on August sixth, you can subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, or you can find us on Twitter at Not Your Mom's Rom, or on Facebook or Goodreads, or email us at Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club at gmail.com. Right. You just possibly there might be some spoilers for Doctor Strange Beard, so we're yes. going to be doing this pretty quickly after the book comes out. Yes. So you might either want to read it or skip or the part skip B. skip that part B that we t- where we talked about that book. Um, anyway, thanks again, and I'll see you next time. Bye, Mom. Bye, Ellen. <laughs>